Well, once again, we're back in the, we're still in the book of Romans. Not making a whole lot of speed in getting through it, and that's fine, because that means we're stopping to take our time. And there's some of it that we skipped through, like the first 20 verses, or first, uh, first 20, yeah, about 20, first 20 verses of chapter 3. But now we've come to a section of Scripture that we can slow down a little bit and take concern for our Lord and His teachings of Scripture. In our last study, we jumped right through to verse 20 of Romans chapter 3, and we covered down to verse 26. Our study last week was our propitiation. Propitiation was our subject matter. You remember last week I brought out propitiation means mercy seat. It, it means something that was done for his people. It was where the, the Lord accepted the blood, the blood of his son, not the blood of bulls and goats, as it was pictured in all those years and all the sacrifices that were brought by the temple to the brought in the temple, but what they pictured, and that would be the perfect righteous blood of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a picture of that. He was our payment, our propitiation, our mercy seat, the seat of mercy, the one that we bring our sacrifice to, and the only sacrifice that is acceptable to God is the perfect sacrifice of his son. We finish with verse 27, which says, The just and the justifier. For our Lord was just. He was without sin. He is the spotless Lamb of God, as we read in last week's study. He is the, he is the substitute, his suit, and his substitutionary death justified all for whom he died. He who knew no sin was made sin made the sins of those who belonged to him, those who God the Father gave to him before the world began, he was made to be their sin, he took their iniquities upon himself, and I point it out and I'm stressing it because that's you and I. This is the grace of God to us. We didn't do anything to deserve that. There's nothing in this flesh that we can say, oh, he owes me. There was a time when we thought God owed us something wasn't there. I'm a good guy. I haven't hurt anybody. God owes me to be gracious to me. Well, that's not what the word grace means. The word grace means unmerited favor, doesn't it? That means he was gracious to us because he loved us despite our wickedness. And he was made our sin that we would be made righteous in ourselves? No. Folks, it doesn't get any better than it is right now in this flesh. Our righteousness is either in Him or we don't have any at all. This body who stands before you is nothing but sin from the top of my head to the bottom of my toe. And I need to be reminded of that because that's the grace of my Lord and His love for me and saving me despite myself. I'm sure each and every one of you who know God Almighty in the face of His Son, the Lord Jesus, feel the same way. We are brought to know the worms that we are before a thrice holy God. Can we ever, can we ever not stop saying that? A thrice holy God. That means He is perfect in every way. And only way for us to be in His presence is to be as perfect as He is. And this is what a propitiation is. 
God taking what you and I deserve upon Himself, upon His Son. It's only by the sacrifice of His Son that God would accept that, that sacrifice. And it's a perfect sacrifice of His Son. We finished with verse 27, the just and the justifier. Our Lord was just. He was without sin. He is the spotless Lamb of God. And His substitutionary death justified all for whom He died. All those the Father gave Him before the world was are seen as just before God. Lot was just. Did you know that? That's what it says over in 2 Peter chapter 2. He calls him just Lot. What was just about Lot? Did you know Lot fought the angels? They had to go and get him and pick him up and take him out of Gomorrah. He liked being in Gomorrah. That's where he, that's where he was. He liked being there. And all that wickedness that was going on around him, I don't know whether he was, I, I'm sure, I, I don't think he was involved in it, but it was okay. Isn't that what the world has come to today? It's okay. It's all right. Let them do what they're doing. I don't have to be participating in it. I'm going to stay right here in it. That would be like going down here to the church, uh, 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 Seventh-day Adventist church or, or the Mormon church and saying, it's okay. It's okay for me to be here. I know they're preaching the wrong thing, but it's okay for me to be here. No. God's people can't stand that. You can't have any of that. If you belong to the true and living God, you've got to have Him and Him alone. Nothing else will do. These false Jesuses who are trying to do something for the world, I don't want nothing to do with that. That's even worse than the idol that I make myself to be. First Peter chapter 3, verse 18, we read these words, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Justified means justice has been met. Our unjust condition was justified by the substitutionary death of our Savior, the just one. That's right, Roger. We're justified in Him. It's just as if we had never sinned. It's just as if we won't sin again. Even though we know we will in the flesh, our Lord has paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but He washed it white as snow. This is so important to a dead lost sinner. We cannot appease the justice of God in this flesh. And I'll use my grandmother as an example of that. My grandma Reeves. Grandma and Grandpa Reeves lived in a poor little home in Arkansas. It was built up on slate, on a slate pier, uh, pier, uh, uh, post. They would stack up slate rocks and, and build up, and they built a house on top of that. And the old windows where the weights on the side, you had to lift the window up in order to do it. They had the weights on the side down in the wall. In fact, there, weren't even, there wasn't even uh, uh, sheetrock on the wall when I was a little kid. I remember, because you see those weights going up and down. They were in the wall, but they were, there was nothing covering them up. And uh, Grandma Reeves, she worked. She worked hard. I, I can't ever remember seeing her sit down other than to sit there 
and break the beans. You know, the string beans? Mm -mm. Break the ends off of them, pull the strings out of them. Mm -mm. She was always cooking, going back and forth between the well, bringing water into the house. She was always doing something. One of the sweetest ladies I ever knew. She worked hard. She worshipped on Sundays. Now I don't remember what it was they worshipped there. But she was in my eyes good in all worldly sense. In all worldly sense she was good. Yet if she knew not the true and living God according as he is revealed in his holy word, her goodness was an abomination to God. This is what God is stating by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write these words. Look back at verses 19 and 20 of Romans chapter 3. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become what? That's including my grandmother. That's including my mom. That's including my children. That's including me, my wife. That all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Folks, our salvation is by His grace. That means unmerited. But it's through faith in Him. Through, his, through faith in Him. Faith is a gift from Him, and the law of faith is the teachings of faith. Look over, if you would, at verse 27 through 31. Where is the boasting? It is excluded. That means shut out. It means put away. By what law? Of works? <laughs> no. If it was by the law of works, then we could boast, couldn't we? Abraham wasn't boasting. Abraham couldn't boast in a righteousness of, of, of taking his son up onto the mount and to, to sacrifice his son. But he could boast in this. He could boast that God is true to his word. He could boast and give God all the glory for being true. Yea, amen. Nay, by what law? Of the works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the Gentile of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also, seeing it is one God, which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid, yea, we establish the law. Folks, our salvation is by His grace, unmerited grace, but it's through faith. Faith in Him, a faith, and faith is a gift of Him. It's the law of faith. In other words, the teachings. That's what that word means. It means teachings. 
We do not believe because of something in our flesh. We believe because He has in the day of His power, the day of His love, given us a new heart that believes this is the teachings of faith. John Gill wrote these words. He says, Not by a law requiring faith, nor as if the gospel was a law, a new law or a remedial law, but rather a law of milder terms. The word law here answers to the Hebrew word, and I don't know Hebrew, Hebrew, so I can't tell you what these little marks mean, sound like, but it answers to the word to the Hebrew word that and which signifies any doctrine or instruction, and oftentimes it means the doctrine of the gospel. And he gives us an example of that in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 3. And many people shall go and say, Come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will, and here's that word, teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, that's the same word there, teach, and the word of the Lord from, from Jerusalem. He, uh, John goes on to John Gill goes on to say this, and here particularly the doctrine or the teaching of a sinner's justification by faith in the righteousness of Christ. That's what that's talking about. <clears throat> by what law? The law of the teaching of faith. According to which doctrine the most unlikely persons are justified, even ungodly persons the worst and the vilest of sinners, and that without any consideration of works, by faith only, which is freely given to them, and by faith in Christ's righteousness only. So that there is not the least room for boasting in creature, but all their boasting is where? In Christ, who is made unto them righteousness, and by whom they are justified. End of quote. So, we read in Romans chapter 3, verse 27, where is the boasting then? It is excluded by what law? Of works? Nay, but of the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man... Now notice that. It's not talking about the Jews only. Remember, throughout the ch uh, chapter 2 and chapter 3, the Lord is using Paul to, de to declare unto us that it's not just the Jews. God's gospel, God's good news is for all mankind. From every tongue, from every nation, throughout all time. Gentile and Jew alike. A man is justified by faith. You notice he didn't say Jewish only. A man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. The conclusion stands firm. That justification is by faith without the works of the law. That's what we read in verses 29 through 30. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God, which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He is the Lord of God of both, and he justifies both in the same way through faith in his Son, the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> In verse 31 we read, Do we then make the law through faith? Do we, not, do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid, yea, we establish the law. The law is abolished as a covenant of works. 
It is fulfilled by Christ and its administration, and it is destroyed as a yoke of bondage. But the law remains unchanged. It remains unchanged in the hands of Christ, where it is honored, where it is established, and where it is fulfilled. Hold your place here in Romans and turn over to Matthew chapter 5, if you would. Matthew chapter 5. We're talking about the law being honored, the law being established and fulfilled in Christ, as it is in all that it required of us to fulfill, to stand before God, to honor the law of God. It is all in Christ Jesus and in Him alone. Look at verse 17 of Matthew chapter 5. Think not that I have come to destroy the law of the prophets. I have come to destroy, I have not come to destroy, but to what? Fulfill. Why would the Lord need to fulfill the law? Could not be for himself, could it? Our Lord is perfect in everything, was he not? Yes. But he had to come and fulfill, fulfill the law for somebody. For you and I. For verse 18, For verily I say unto you, Till heaven and earth pass one jot and one tittle, shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments, and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them the same shall be called the great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, he shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid, yea, we establish the law. It is established in our substitute. He who knew no sin fulfilled the law of righteousness for all of his chosen people of every nation, every tribe, every tongue throughout all time. They are called the elect of God. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor I'm constrained to be. Grace, grace, and more grace, folks. That's what our substitute is all about. Shining His grace in our hearts so that you and I will spend an eternity with Him crying out, Hosanna! Glory be to our Savior. Grace, grace, grace. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 29, we read these words, that no flesh should glory in His presence. And then in verse 31, that according as it is written, He that glory, let him glory in the Lord. Amen.